Chapter Twelve of Vicky Van by Carolyn Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Twelve, more notes. Next morning at breakfast there was but one topic of conversation. Indeed, little else had been talked of for days, but the Schuyler case and all its side issues. Winnie held forth at length on the martyrdom Ruth Schuyler had suffered because of the cruelty of her late husband. He wasn't really ugly, you know," explained Win and i don't say she's glad he's dead but he thwarted her in every little way that she wanted to enjoy herself they had a box at the opera and a big country house and all that but he wouldn't let her go to matinees or have a motor of her own or buy anything until he had passed judgment on it she even had to submit her costume designs to him and if he approved the dressmaker made them up and he wouldn't let her have fashionable clothes they had to be plain and of rich heavy materials such as the sisters wear mr schuyler was under the thumb of those two old maids and rhoda especially put him up to all sorts of schemes to bother ruth do you call her ruth i asked in surprise yes she told me i might she's lovely to me and i'm so glad to do all i can for her honest chet she lived an awful life with that man i'd like to see her said aunt lucy all you've said about her winnie makes me a bit curious so you shall auntie some time she's a real friend of mine now and even after edith crowell goes there as secretary she says i must often go to see her as her friend she's charming i declared every time i see her i'm more impressed with her gentle dignity and i don't know how she can be so decent to those two old women nor i agreed win as aunt lucy asked is she pretty is she winnie i said well she is and she isn't she's so colourless you know her hair is that flat ashy blonde and she's so pale always then her eyes and lashes are so light and well ineffective but her expression is so sweet and when once in a while she laughs outright she's very attractive and she's such a thoroughbred she never errs in taste of judgment she knows just what to reply to all the queer letters of condolence that come to her and just how to talk to the people who call and that's another thing she hasn't any friends of her own age she knows only the people who belong to the most exclusive set and they're nearly all the age of the old sisters but mrs schuyler is lovely to them and in her soft pretty black gown she looks a whole lot better than she ever did in the ones she wore while he was alive i've seen them in her wardrobe and i've seen her try on some that she was going to give away and they're sights elegant you know but not the thing for her now that she can select her own she has beauties she certainly must be glad then to be freed from such a tyrant said aunt lucy now don't you think that insisted winnie earnestly she may feel so way down in her deepest heart but she won't admit it even to herself and of course no matter how much she didn't love him she wouldn't want him taken off that way no she's perfectly all right and she mourns that man just as sincerely as any woman could mourn a man who didn't understand her i looked at win in amazement little sister was growing up it seemed well the experience would do her no harm ruth schuyler's influence could only work for good and a taste of real life would give a wider outlook than win would get at home i went down to the coroner's courtroom the inquest was proceeding in its usual discursive way and i sat down to listen for a while 
the coroner was hearing reports from detectives who had interviewed the market men and shopkeepers where vicky van had bought wares it was just what might be expected from any householder's record vicky had always paid her bills promptly usually by check on a well-known bank sometimes if the bills were small they were paid in cash in such case miss van allen herself or the maid brought the money if checks they were sent by mail the garage man reported a similar state of affairs his monthly bills were promptly paid and miss van allen had found no fault with his service she was away from home frequently but when at home she used her motor-car often and was kind to the chauffeur who drove her this chauffeur told of taking her to the shops to the theatre to friends houses and to picture galleries but never had been directed to any place where a lady might not go the bank people said that miss van allen had had an account with them for years but as their depositors were entitled to confidential dealings they would say little more they stated however that miss van allen was a most desirable patron and never overdrew her account or made trouble of any sort there was nothing to be gleaned from this kind of testimony we all knew that vicky was a good citizen and all this was merely corroboration what was wanted was some hint of her present whereabouts lowney had tried to get at this by the use of an address book he had found in vicky van's desk he had telephoned or called on many of the people whose addresses were in the book but all said over and over what we already knew personally i felt sure that vicky was staying with some friend not far from her own house it could well be that somebody cared enough for the girl to hide her from the authorities this however argued her guilty for otherwise a true friend would persuade her that the wiser course would be to disclose herself to the public however nothing transpired to bear out my opinion and as the list of witnesses dwindled no progress was made toward a solution of the mystery and so when at last an open verdict was returned with no mention of vicky's name i was decidedly relieved but i didn't see how it could have been otherwise i dropped in at the schuyler house on my way home i was beginning to feel on a very friendly footing there and partly owing to winnie's graphic powers of narration i took an increasing interest in ruth schuyler as Wynne had said she looked charming although pathetic in her black robes she permitted herself a touch of white at the turned-in throat and a white flower was tucked in her bodice a contrast indeed to the severe garb of the spencer sisters who looked like allegorical figures of hopeless gloom but their manner was more of militant revenge and having heard the verdict of the coroner's jury they were ready to take up the case themselves come in mr calhoun they called out as i entered the library you're just the man we want to see now that the coroner has finished his task we will take the matter up mr lowney i suppose will continue the search for miss van allen but we fear he will not be successful so we have determined to send for the great detective fleming stone stone i cried why he won't work with the police then he can work without them declared rhoda with asperity i've heard wonderful stories of that man's success and we're going to engage him at once he's very expensive i began no matter we're going to find our brother's murderer if it takes every penny of our fortune what do you think of this plan mrs schuyler i asked i've not been consulted she said with a slight smile since mr randolph's sisters choose to adopt it i have no reason to object i know nothing of mr stone but if he really is a great detective he will not condemn that girl unheard and if she is proved guilty of course the claims of justice must be met do you know him mr calhoun not personally 
i've often heard of him and he's a wonder if you want to find miss van allen you can't do better than to get him on the trail if he can't find her nobody can that's what i say put in sarah and if he doesn't find her at least we've the satisfaction of knowing we've done all we could we thought of offering a reward for information of miss van allen added rhoda but if we're going to get mr stone wouldn't it be better to consult him about that i think it would i judged just then winnie came into the room she had been writing notes and she held a lot of unopened letters in her hand oh ruth she cried what do you think here's the mail jepson just gave it to me and there's a letter for you from miss van allen what cried everybody at once yes declared winnie i know the hand it's the same as was on that letter to mr schuyler it's such a queer hand you can't forget it she handed all the letters to ruth the one she referred to on top mrs schuyler turned pale as she looked at the envelope i glanced at it too and without doubt it was vicky van's writing it had been mailed in new york that same morning and delivered just now about five o'clock you open it mr calhoun said ruth as if she shrank from the task i took it gravely for it seemed to me to portend trouble for little vicky was she giving herself up or what Wynne handed me a letter-opener and i slit the envelope as they breathlessly awaited my words i read to mrs randolph schuyler dear madam it is useless to look for me to-day i am leaving new york forever the mystery of mr schuyler's death will never be solved the truth never learned i alone know the secret and it will die with me you may employ detectives from now till doomsday but you will discover nothing so give up the search for you will never find victoria van allen there was a pause as i finished reading myself i was thrilled by a certain phrase in the letter vicky said the secret will die with me again i felt that she was intending to bring about her own death and that speedily would we know it if she did i was thinking deeply when miss rhoda spoke i believe that girl means to kill herself and i should think she would why do you think that and ruth looked up with a startled face it sounds so and it would be the natural outcome of her remorse at her dreadful deed i think she must be guilty said winnie her dear little countenance drawn with grief as she studied the letter for herself none of us said much more we all were stunned in a way by this unexpected development and had to readjust our theories well miss rhoda said decidedly i shall consult mr stone anyway i've written him and though i've not mailed the letter yet i shall send it off to-night then when he comes to talk it over we can see what he says and abide by his judgment that's a good idea rhoda and ruth schuyler nodded assentingly i too want justice and if flemingstone thinks he can find miss van allen let him do so it was six o'clock then and win and i went home leaving the schuyler ladies to their own discussions ruth schuyler's hand lingered a moment in mine as i bade her adieu and she said wistfully i wish you would tell me just what you think we had better do i am so unaccustomed to judging for myself in any important matter i think it is wise to get mr stone i returned in any case it can do no harm you know no i suppose not and she gave me one of her rare smiles of appreciation i am glad you are looking after us instead of mr bradbury she said further and i sincerely responded that i was glad too 
another surprise awaited me at home on the hall table lay my own mail and as i picked it up and ran the letters over there was one from vicky van i hastily concealed it from winnie's sharp eyes for i had no notion what it might divulge and hurried with it up to my own room impatiently i tore it open and raced through its contents dear mr calhoun thank you deeply for attending to my errand owing to your kindness i received the letters i wanted now will you do me one last favour come again to the house to-night and take a small parcel which you will find in the chinese jar in the music-room keep this for me and if i do not ask you for it within a year destroy it unopened i wish i could be more frank with you you have proved yourself such a staunch friend but i cannot control circumstances and so i must bear my fate i do not know what mrs schuyler will think of it but i have written her a letter when you see her try to make her realize it is useless to hunt for me since i can keep hidden for this length of time my retreat is not likely to be discovered and now my kindest of friends good-bye vicky van i stood staring at the letter i read it through a dozen times of course i would do her bidding but my heart rebelled at the finality of the lines i knew i would never hear from vicky van again as she said since we hadn't traced her yet we never could i wondered where she could possibly be and julie too somebody was shielding them both they couldn't be disguised or anything of that sort for they had left the house at dead of night without luggage or and i hadn't thought of this before without money how could they have found shelter save in some friend's house of course vicky could have snatched up a purse as she ran perhaps that was what she flew upstairs for and then maybe she went down the back stairs but no the waiters must have seen her that way and luigi was in the front hall a moment after vicky disappeared aside from my personal interest i hated to think i should never know just how she did get away for now i had no hope that fleming stone or anyone else could ever find the girl she was too canny to be taken after her successful concealment so far i went downstairs after a time but i said nothing of my letter to aunt lucy or Wynne. they were eagerly discussing the latest news and aunt lucy was saying yes i've heard of mr stone and they do say he's a marvel i hope he'll find the girl if only to learn the mystery of her disappearance oh he'll find her assured winnie i've heard a lot about him over there and he's a wizard but i think he'll have a long chase meantime what becomes of the house queried aunt lucy what does chet can any one go in it who likes no i returned a little shortly for i foresaw aunt lucy had that absurd feminine desire to pry into another person's home it's in charge of the police and they won't let anyone in without some very good reason couldn't you get in i suppose i might i admitted unwillingly if i had any business there oh do get up some business chet begged winnie and get the keys and let annie and me go with you oh do i'd love to see that girl's things winnie you're positively low-bred to show such curiosity i exclaimed angrily the more so that i had the house-key in my pocket at that moment but i was glad i had not told them of vicky van's letter to me i waited until well past midnight and then after seeing the post patrol pass vicky's door i softly went out of my own house and across the street 
i walked calmly up the steps of vicky's home and sadly put the latch-key in the door for the last time i felt as if i were performing funeral rites and i entered and closed the door behind me softly as one does in the house of death i went up the stairs in the gloom it was not black darkness for a partly raised blind gave me a glimmer of light from the street into the music-room i went and by my pocket flashlight i took the lid from the chinese jar but there was no parcel inside amazed i threw the light down into the big vase but it was utterly empty there was no use looking elsewhere for the parcel i knew vicky well enough to know that she would do exactly as she had said or since she hadn't i was sure that she would not have left that parcel in any other hiding-place i put the flashlight back in my pocket and started downstairs slowly i descended for i still felt a little uncertain what to do should i wait for a short time or go back home and return again later i reached the foot of the stairs and concluded to go home and then think out my next step as i passed the living-room door i heard a low voice whisper my name i turned sharply in the doorway i could dimly discern a cloaked figure hush she said softly and beckoned to me it was vicky van End of chapter 12